Right, infidels, you found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, Walker! So sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! All right, I'm not going to bother fading it out. I'm not good on audio like Jimmy is. He's not here, but you are, ladies and gentlemen. You are here. You are here with me um, for the skirmish. So hello and welcome to your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast about AEW Dynamite. Yes, welcome to the Wednesday Night Skirmish brought to you by the PWC. Who the hell is the PWC? Well, that starts with me. I'm Christopher Ams. That's AMBS like lambs with Noel or bullshit. First thing in the morning. Don't worry if you ever forget how to spell my name. I'll just remind you at the beginning of every show. Joining me is my questionably unquestionable co-host with the most from the East Coast. A model citizen. He'll rock the suit or the blazer. Just don't piss him off because he's got his own space laser. The Gardener of Doom, Jeff Lippman. Jeff, how are you? That's plural on lasers. Um, I'm all right. This is a nice little surprise. Um I had a little uh, mishap with a with the car and had to go to the shop and had to coordinate with the uh, rental car agency and we did that, but didn't quite do it all the way. So instead of getting the rental car waiting for me, I had to reschedule for next week. Thus, this block became open, which worked for you, which was great. I actually, you know, actually saw what I thought was Jimmy online and figured I'd jump on that. But that was uh, a, what they call it, a mirage. It was like ball lightning instead mm. but uh, but yeah. but you were there you you answered the bat signal and, and here we are we can we can do a show it feels like it's been weeks i do that i do that i'm uh i'm i'm kind of like the nightwing of this whole bat family you know mm. like batman sort of shows up and then he disappears right away and you never really know if he's going to be there and you'll be talking and then all of a sudden he'll just be gone or whatever that's that's jimmy and then i'm basically the nightwing we're like i'm i'm reliable but also i like to fuck them bitches so 
it's uh it's it's a good uh it's it's a good it's a good thing for me to be i'm not sure exactly who you are yet jeff i'm thinking maybe yeah. you're oracle yeah i i well i don't know enough about batman lore to know because I, I know i'm definitely not like any of the replacement robins i'm sure not batgirl i wish i was harley quinn but i'm not uh alfred was the one that came to mind for me but... <laughs> there you go there you go well all right well we've already got a couple of comments first of all aaron ben shlomo says hello <clears throat> Um, hello, Aaron. And also, he says, I just want to say, I hate dynamite. Despise it is a better word. Well, you're going to love hearing what I have to say about it, Aaron. <laughs> you really will. Um, also, we've got uh, Chabelo Veracruz uh, in the chat. Hello, Prof. Uh, he says, the doctor and lamb chops. Man, you, you would have really loved listening to uh, the last skirmish where I actually sang the the song that never ends uh to jimmy a couple of times and he didn't like it at all he was very oh, very angry yeah i remember oh that's where it's from okay i i was gonna say i was gonna correct him say it's at least reindeer chops <laughs> yeah because i'm because i'm from way up north uh that's you right. sons of bitches um all right jeff well i guess before we get into the show uh like reviewing dynamite and all that <clears throat> you are generally the man that I go to for the news. So what's what's going on? What's going on with the news, Jeff? What's happening in wrestling? Since last we met, jeez, you think I'd be prepared for this? I I, I am not. There were you know a few injuries. Sonia Deville was injured. So um, unlike like three weeks earlier when they stripped the tag team champions of their titles, uh, apparently uh, there's going to be some sort of tournament um for saying to have a new partner for chelsea green so uh, wwe being completely inconsistent within you know basically a fortnight which is maybe a new record probably not it's it, it probably <laughs> incon inconsistent within within two segments of each other on tv um robert rude apparently was uh, acting as a producer perhaps SummerSlam was his first time and then the raw after uh <laughs> People are trying to blame the pace of SummerSlam on the new producer. I would say if if he's directly at fault, that's not his fault. <laughs> Nobody yeah. should give him that responsibility. I don't think anyone did. I don't think he had anything to do with the pace. Uh, there's still the Nick Aldis uh, is a producer speculation out there, but nothing's been formalized. There's the Kyrie Sane is coming back to WWE, but nothing has been formalized. Um, AEW's all in. They have confirmed four of the matches i'm sure we'll talk about that uh but it's still nowhere near a new uh, a full card it will be on all in in demand according to wrestle ticks uh, and the you know the new fact of what the attendance was at wrestlemania 3 or, or the new belief um that all in has now sold more tickets or distributed more tickets than wrestlemania 3 i think that's something that's going to never that's be that's an important distinction it, it is, and, and then you get into the bodies in the building distinct, you know, do you add them, don't you add them? I mean, apparently only in wrestling do these conversations ever take place. I mean, it's it, it's completely unimportant, like in every other form on earth. Um, WrestleNomics dedicated probably close to a full hour on trying to figure out what the actual attendance was at WrestleMania 3, and of course the result after that time was, we're not sure. Um, Apparently a fire marshal, you know, uh, you know, could confirm something around the 88,000 and, you know, and I, I whatever. It, I don't even care about it um, on stuff on. So a few weeks ago, I told you the source of mine 
And by you, I mean the collective audience here of the PWC, HMG, and Hammerlock Hangover, that the new TV contract with, with AEW was done, and it was three years, $85 million. Apparently, it's not done. That's on the table, but there's still negotiations going on, and that some sort of streaming is being talked about, not out of the question. WB is not particularly excited about it. I think they're using all in and as all out being so close to each other, some sort of a gauge to test that. Um, I guess AEW plus file for that trademark as a safety net, just in case that doesn't work out. Um, but that apparently they're still standing by the, the, the version that collision is a, is paid for bought TV time. I am hopeful that this person will go on the record once uh, WBD has put something out there in the public sphere or until these negotiations, apparently there, there's like a gag order on it. There's non-disclosures uh, involved, which really wouldn't need to happen when if you're inside employees, but I guess maybe there are, I don't know. It, it just may be sort of a general missive to everyone. No one talked about this. Um, that's, let's see my little thing if I've written anything down. Uh, well, w I think the biggest, I think the biggest thing that's going on right now, and uh, thanks Jabello for bringing it up, but this is something that I've seen on wrestling Twitter. And I try to avoid wrestling Twitter as if they, as if everyone on there has a beg, has a, has a bell and is constantly screaming plague, 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 because I want nothing to do with most wrestling Twitter. But here's the comment from, uh, from Bello or from well Bello prof I don't know what what the, I, I call him a bunch of different things he calls me lamb chops so I'm allowed to call him whatever the hell I want yeah. uh, <laughs> also ham bones ham bones and lamb chop it's just like I don't know if you're just saying that I'm a tasty snack and you want to eat me prof yeah, but a, uh, go with that but it, kind of weird anyway his comment here is triple h is no longer a board member and the iwc are losing their minds well it's not that he's no longer a board member it's that the wwe board is no longer really a board and the wwe now belongs to a bigger conglomerate of which triple h is not a is, is not a board member did i get that right jeff i mean yeah that, that, that's correct i mean both can be correct there so this this i don't know if this is a surprise or not uh you know i mean it's interesting but it was always going to be that there was going to be a new board for this new unified company. TKO is the working name. Uh, and there was always going to be 11 members of which six would come from Endeavor and five would come from WWE. Um, and Vince was the only, you know, was guaranteed one of those. Nick Khan was guaranteed one of those. Uh, and I'm not sure that anyone else was. It's not really a surprise to any to anyone that, the, a CFO or not the CFO that the, so a chief operating officer in charge of talent and, and TV operations wouldn't be on the board. They normally aren't. The board of directors usually represents large swaths of shareholders um, either directly, like you're from the fireman's fund, which is you know, might recognize as a frequent plaintiff and shareholders derivative suits against WWE, or you represent three banks that, you know, between the two of them, between the three of them own 11 and a half percent of the stock or something like that. That's more likely. That's, that's usually what's on the board or you have sort of the honorarium. So sort of like the professional board members, the, the Bill Clintons, the Colin Powell's, the, pa the Paul Ryan's of the world. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think only in the unique structure that WWE was that you'd have so many McMahons and McMahon adjacents be in 
But it is interesting. I mean, he can be voted out of his position. His raises and options and things like that can be voted down by a board. But I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's anything nefarious. But if if you feel like he, he's going to wake up to having less power than he did before, yeah, he does. Whether or not this is a shock to his system, I have no idea. Right. Yeah. I, I think I think the IWC is making a much bigger deal of it than they need to. I think that it's it's. I mean, I would say entirely conceivable that Triple H continues to sort of run the day-to-day -day, um, creative backstage. Yeah, I think that that apparently would be... been doing for for the last little bit here. So, um, I think that uh, I think that even Vince McMahon can see you know gaining ratings, especially you know in a time where we are right now, where most entertainment companies are losing ratings and viewers and money. When you're when you've got somebody who you've put in charge of creative and they're gaining viewers, you don't fuck it up. You just let it roll. You you keep letting them go until they hang themselves, basically. So Yeah. I mean every all of their metrics are up except for merchandise sales, and that's because they switch from WWE shop zone to fanatics. Um, all right, what else? The little tidbits. Apparently, Nia Jax has been rumored to be trying to make a comeback, or they're interested in Nia Jax, and she has confirmed that under Leah Fanani that she's training to get back into ring shape or to get into ring shape. That's a different debate. Uh, also, the AEW house shows have stopped. Um, they call them house rules, and apparently they stopped because the major stars refused to be on the shows, and they wouldn't appear, so nobody was buying tickets to go. All right. right. So, so basically, WCW um, around the '90s, right? They stopped doing house shows. It didn't actually, it didn't actually hurt the business at all, really. <laughs> right. Um, so again, these wrestlers are not going to get more reps. But this is just another example of the inmates running the asylum, the boss having almost no stroke. And the last thing is on Sami Zayn, which looked like a pretty brutal in, uh, injury uh, on Raw. Apparently he just has like a, a swollen burst sac. And apparently as gruesome as it looks, that's something that happens fairly routinely. And, and it, it's, it shouldn't keep him from any action. So it, it looks worse than it is, but they took advantage of the visual for the angle. Right. Good for them. Yeah. Um, smart too, really. Um, all right. Let's see. Um, what else do we got here? We've got Chris Winland. Uh says, if reports of Nick Aldis' involvement in WWE are true, do you think Mickey James will return to play a role in the Trish-Becky feud? That would be great. Um, I like the comment. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer a question you didn't ask. Um, should Mickey James return to play a role in the Trish-Becky feud? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's been a lot about Trish saying, you know, you should love me. You should love me. You should love me. You should love me. Look at all the awesome things I've done. You should love me. So why not have somebody who return who has a history of loving Trish Stratus, right? Um, but to me, it's a lot the same thing as like the acclaimed with Billy Gunn. Like a minor, teeny, tiny little tweak of, okay, now add Chuck would have been just chef's kiss for the angle, right? Returning, you know, Mickey James to this angle would be a really, really nice touch, but I don't expect WWE to go that far out of their way, even though it's just, you know, Hey Mickey, do you want to come to TV for, you know, six weeks or whatever and be part of this program? We'll pay you decent money for six weeks. I'm pretty sure she'd say, sure. And you could go do something. But I don't really trust WWE to do something 100% anymore. I really just trust most wrestling companies to do about 20% of what of how cool a thing could be. And then we just have to say, well, 
it was okay, I guess. I mean, he really had three questions there. Do we think that Nick Aldis coming back to WWE will bring along Mickey James? I think it certainly helps pave the way, but we've seen plenty of spouses come without their spouses. Um, so, you know, Jimmy returning to WWE didn't bring back Trinity, you know, Naomi. Um, Chelsea Green coming back didn't bring Matt Cardona. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Cody didn't bring Brand Brandy. Uh, so I, I would say not necessarily. Would I like to see Mickey James back in, in WWE? Yes, I think she she deserves to go out on top and, and end her career at WWE when she wants to. But that's not always how the world works. But, yeah, I think that she can still do it and she can still add to any any show. I think she helps any division. Um, they have a bit of a clutter. So, uh, you know, bringing in new people seems not to be a great idea. I don't know if I'd bring her into this story or not. I mean, I understand what what you know, why you asked it. And Chris already addressed that. Um, I, I just think if you're going to bring in the old talent, there's got to be a purpose to it for other new talent. So if it's going to have something to do with maybe you're trying to bring Fallon Henley from NXT up and she's sort of like a young version of Mickey James, or you're trying to do something, you know, I don't know, maybe you haven't given up on Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans, Ailey, and you form them into a faction. I'm just picking three people completely at random and you want them to have a leader or an enemy, maybe as Mickey James, you know, and then she's got to form her own alliance, you know, just to try and get them over and see if they can work. I don't know, but I'm all for Mickey James being there as part of this story. Otherwise, don't, it, it, you know, two thumbs up for me. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I, I, I feel like they could do something with it. But also, yeah, if you're going to bring back a legend, you need to have you, ha you need to have it in mind of exactly who you're going to build with them coming back. I think that's got to be the rule if you're a wrestling company. You know, if uh, if Goldberg says, uh, hey, I, I'd really love to come back to WWE if they're if they're willing to have me. If you're WWE, I would say that the rule that you need to have, at least storytelling wise, and I understand that business has to make a you know, has to has to turn its uh, has to rear its ugly head in here somewhere but i think from a storytelling perspective if you're bringing a legend back you need to have in mind okay who are we getting over by beating this legend that needs to be the story uh, as much as i know everybody really loves goldberg and oh goldberg's coming back it's going to be great but it hasn't been great in story because most of it has been Goldberg's back and Goldberg's going to do whatever Goldberg wanted to do, which is stand in the ring with his son and also squash the fiend. I I'd like those or are the titles or get a title shot. I mean, yeah, walk right in. you're next. Yeah. Those things are not, those are not, those, those aren't good stories is what I'm saying. Right. right? So if you're, if you're the guy in charge of story, I think that you need to have an idea. So Mickey James is a really good wrestler, but if she's going to come back, you need to understand, you need to know, okay, who are we making by beating Mickey James? Right. Um, Maybe she takes Lacey Evans under one and said, listen, you used to be a Southern Belle. Now you're pretending to be Sergeant Slaughter. Nothing's working for you. Let me teach you how to be a badass, you know, country girl wrestler. You know, yeah. Either works or doesn't. I, you know, I don't know. I, I would yeah. just prefer. Yeah, give, give it a purpose. That's all. Or, or you, or you bring in Izzy, and you have, and you have Izzy be like, "Hey, I'm, I'm the obsessed fan, but I'm the good kind." Um, That's right. And 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 all of the IWC would fawn over themselves about how wonderful it was to see the obsessed fan, you know, reflected in a positive light, like they all wish. Right. And then Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, and Thea Hale all beat her up and say, "We're the young ones." <laughs> good stuff good stuff uh thea hell can do whatever she wants i don't even care just just 
tell me when she's doing it and I'm going to watch Thea Hale. She's great. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, seriously, that, that girl has some incredible like future in wrestling. She's, she's going to be a star. I really like that. Girl. She's a funny um, little monster. That's for sure. She really is. She really is. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's weird because I'm, I really don't feel like I'm like, I'm an old man yet, but I am starting to get to the point where like 20 year olds, I do just kind of think of like, Oh, she's cute. And you just want to pat her on the head. You know, that's basically Thea Hill. Like, I don't, I don't, she's, she's very pretty too, but honestly, like my reaction to her is, Oh, that's what's (laughs) supposed to happen. It's when you're Jerry, the King Lawler and you're like, I want to marry that. That's when it's a problem. Puppies. Your your reaction is no. When I look at like someone go, vaguely my kid's age you know and and that and that sort of end of analysis that yeah. <laughs> that, that that's what you're looking for yeah yeah if, if you if you look like you might have went to school with my little sister like i'm happy for you good for you that you're pretty way to go <laughs> way to go sport oh shit <clears throat> getting old all right well i guess we can get right into this then if you want um yeah, that was basically the news from professional wrestling. There's a bunch of minor things, and also, you know, Triple H is, is uh, well, he's not on the board of a new company that he was never on the board of to begin with, and he's probably still going to keep most of his position from WWE's perspective, but we don't really know. So, Listen, if there's more news and more clarification, we're on Smack Attack tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and we're on Wreckage Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time on the Hami Media Group or live if you follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, any of those fine places. And of course, you missed Uncaged. Well, Uncaged doesn't exactly have a regular time now, does it? (laughs) (laughs) Theoretically, between now and then, you should also see us on Uncaged and maybe even a machismo. But I, I, at this point, I would say just roll it all into Smack Attack. Yeah, that's all up to that's all up to to the PWC's very own Batman, Jimmy. Right. Our own. It's up to our new board of directors, and we're not on it. So. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I don't want to see. Um, okay, well, let's get into dynamite. So we begin with a mandatory meeting of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Everyone's in the ring except for Chris Jericho, who is introduced by Daddy Magic. He comes out, and my immediate thought is, does Chris Jericho have pink eye? What's going on there? His 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 one eye was like sort of swollen. Yeah, he had um, like a he had like a black eye. He was swollen uh, up, up around his eye. I don't know where where that happened. I, I know, right? Like just and it, if you're showing up on TV and you've got a black eye, tell me something, right? Like it's like it, it's like the it's like the Hulk Hogan WrestleMania nine thing. Like I think that they missed a really good opportunity there to just tell us, you know, uh, we've been told that uh, that 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 in the back. Um, Hulk Hogan was attacked by Yokozuna uh, before he was able to, to come out here, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then at least there's a reason why. First of all, Hulk Hogan has a fucking black eye, and mm-hmm. secondly, why Hulk Hogan's coming out to get involved in Yokozuna and Bret Hart's shit in the first place. So exactly, yeah. you know, especially since we saw him earlier in the night without a black eye. I mean, that's that's a little bit weird. But yeah, I guess Chris Jericho opted not to put on sunglasses because that's a heel maneuver to wear sunglasses indoors. Which, I mean, he is. Um, All right. So we're not sure. Right. So Garcia has something to say to begin with. So I just thought, hey, ratings, Garcia is going to talk. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Garcia says he's changed a lot about himself, and Jericho has never changed a thing about Jericho. So he buggers off and he dances his ass out of there. He doesn't. Really... He does That's right. That's right. And then he it, and then he fucks off. So hey, is, Daniel Garcia fucking off. Daniel Garcia fucking off to start the night is a good start to me. It's like it's like it's like a couple months ago when they they started off dynamite and they showed me that the young bucks had been attacked and were taken to a to a hospital and I was like, great, no young bucks on the show. This is a perfect start for me. But this was, I mean, Daniel Garcia. I mean, first of all, I, I, it would have been great if Jericho like gave him a couple bucks, tip him for his little lap dance. But I think Garcia made, I mean, he was the only one that really made an impassioned promo, which was, which was a little bit strange because you would think it would come from someone who's a better talker. But he, he said, well, I'm trying to anger him right now, Aaron Ben Shlomo, by, by saying something nice about Daniel Garcia. I mean, but, 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 he's, but he said that, that every time I chose you over, over everything else, I chose you over this, I chose you over my career, I chose you over wrestling, I chose you over my gears, I chose you every single time. Why don't you ever choose us? That, that, that was sort of sweet. It was, it was, you know, like a lot of the, a lot of the dialogue here was, I guess, fine, but it just, the whole segment sort of came across as a little clunky to me. Jake uh, is the next one. He says he's not surprised. Um, if clunky was a person, it's Jake Hagar. It is Jake Hagar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he says, you know, I'm not surprised, um, but I did like that hat, mm-hmm. uh, Chris. I did. I, I liked that hat. But I don't appreciate Chris Jericho anymore. And then he leaves. I've made a. I've been with a lot of places. I'm not surprised. I've seen this a million times. I've made lots of money with you, but I don't like you anymore. And yeah. which which was really stupid, clunky, and makes no sense. I mean, you think that if anyone would stick with him, no matter what, it would have been Jake Hagar. But no, him too. Yep. Okay. Well, Jericho, he he says, okay, before before anybody else goes, just before anybody else starts talking. You know, everyone's a bigger star because of being a part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Can everybody agree to that? And then um, Fataya Mello uh, mumbled something about donuts and throwing up before she left. I, I couldn't quite understand. I yeah, think she was having a hard time speaking because of the jowls. I think it was interfering with her speech. Yeah, sexy pregnant is not a look. Um, just be just just embrace the pregnancy. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, because she has trouble with English, she was doing a lot of double negatives. So she's like, I know nothing like you anymore. So you know, stuff stuff like that, which made no sense. But I mean, for Taya to come out and say that was I mean, like any of the other one of them could address the fact that they're no longer a bigger star. But basically, this was Taya telling us or Ty, I'm sorry, not Ty, uh, Ty coming out and telling us she's leaving for a while. She's going to finish her pregnancy, deliver a baby, and then she's going to train, and then she's going to come back and get a title next year. So basically this was her saying goodbye and trying to retrofit it into this promo battle and giving her a premiere spot where it really wasn't needed. Or just Like this should have been someplace where, and since Matt Maynard was the master of ceremonies, he couldn't do it. So this should have been where Angelo Parker or Sammy Guevara said, really Sammy Guevara, but I guess he had to be last for drama, to say, no, you haven't. We're exactly where we were before. Sammy Guevara wearing his, should have said, I'm wearing my inner circle original cut, my, my vest today, back from three and a half years ago. Chris, I have to be honest with you. It's been three and a half years. Am I a bigger star? I've won a couple of times, but am I a bigger star? No. I'm exactly in the same place I, I was 
your your sidekick, your right hand man. But Sammy Guevara, when he spoke, he didn't even say that, that he was definitely over with Chris. He's like, I'm going to wait and see what your next move, and then I'll decide. So, so he he is really like that security blanket girlfriend. It's like, yeah, I know you broke up with me, and I'm going to sort of break up with you, but I'm not sure because I want to see if you're a good person tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, if a girl says we'll see what happens, it means she's still going to fuck you. That I mean, that's that's yeah. She's like the guy from the Spingers, is, is you know, bowing out gracefully and saying, "Whenever you want me, I'll be there. I'll be around. <laughs> I'll be there." Um, all right. So Harry Handange uh, takes the microphone next, and he says that uh, he's he doesn't want to, but he's gonna quit too. So he's he's done too, and he 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 leaves. Daddy Magic talks about how big of a mark he is for Chris Jericho. Uh, being in the group has been a dream for him. Uh, and uh, But now he understands why people he grew up with, like Eddie Kingston and Kevin Steen and all of the other fat, out-of-shape dudes, um, don't like Chris Jericho. So, yep. Okay. That. Well, you know, once you lost Angelo Parker, there wasn't really much point in keeping uh, Matt Menard. But uh, all right. And Anna Jay said something about that she's a star no matter what. And that later on, she was going to have a problem keeping her boobies in her wrestling outfit. And just watch. Right. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Sammy says he won't let Jericho speak. Uh, uh, went from challenging for the world title to fighting Jericho's battles for him. And as you said, he's not sure where he's going to go next in terms of continuing to be friends with Chris Jericho, but we'll see what happens. For me, it was pretty flat. I know you said it was okay. I, I thought that the I thought that the dialogue was fine, but this all could have been handled a lot better if it was like a backstage... Um, like a video type thing, like, you know, show, like do some production value and have this be a conversation around a table or something. Cause I thought out in front of the live crowd, it just did. It started off the show on kind of a flat note. And especially since let's say most of these guys can't cut a promo and whether you like Jericho or not, or you like his promos, not at least he emotes, but in this whole thing, he was supposed to be the downtrodden one. He was the one that was always mostly kept down. So he couldn't, he couldn't save it or make it worse, depending on your your viewpoint on him. I just think they did it because they needed to, you know, people pay tickets to see these shows. They're having trouble filling. I think they had 3,900 people out of the 5,000 they released in a 15,000-seat uh, arena. Uh, and so they got to they gotta put them in the ring so the people see, you know, they don't see, you know, 20 minutes of or 15 minutes of watching something on TV. Start with something else then. Um and of course, Jericho had to come into a song, so they got a chance to sing the whole goddamn thing, which is sort of should, should someone in the in the JS should have said, "We even had to stand there waiting while people sang your goddamn song." <laughs> yep, honestly, and I mean they they don't do themselves any favors anymore, do they? By like they pan to the crowd to show who's singing the song, and it's all fucking neckbeards singing the song. It's all three hundred pound dudes who look like they've never gotten laid in their lives, like singing along. It's like, guys, like I've been to AEW live shows before. There are a few semi-attractive people in the crowd. Sometimes show them, please. Well, Chris, you can't be at all the shows. No, that's true. I can't be at all the shows. Did you just call me semi-attractive? I don't know. It's like you and it's like you and prof today are just being very flirtatious. And it's making me, feel i i'm i wanted to say uncomfortable but it's actually i'm very comfortable with it keep it's going risky friday <laughs> all right renee catches up to jericho backstage he runs into don Callis. 
tells him, I'm going to have an answer next week. Don says, okay, I'm going to go set everything up. And that's the end of that. Didn't care about this segment. We're moving right along. Um, there's a recap from Collision where FTR challenged the Young Bucks. So who comes out next? It's the Young Bucks. Aaron, you 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 want me to be angry? Just listen to me review the Young Bucks. You'll be happy for the next few minutes here. Hardys versus the Young Bucks is up is up next here. And um, why the fuck is this idiot company saying that this is a match between the two best brother tag teams in the history of wrestling? In a world where Harlem Heat and the Steiners exist, you don't get to tell me that two cruiserweight tag teams are the best brother tag teams of all time. Fuck yeah. off. Or, or, or the Briscoes or the Usos in your own company, you have a bunch of brother teams who they probably are better than. But I mean, you know, you just buried the Lucha Brothers, you just buried the Gun Club, you just buried uh, Top Flight and the Seidels and, you know, who, all of the others who don't have any right to that claim. Listen, if you said two of the most influential brother tag teams of the last two decades, nobody, or the last 25 years, nobody could send you a run. That's 100% accurate. Yep. Um, but anyway, uh, and, and I, you know, don't forget Undertaker and Kane as well. Undertaker and Kane, uh, Edge and Christian, although they've kind of dropped the act with that saying that they're brothers, but... Hey, no, that's they, how they did. They, they have to go through laws to get themselves like filial divorce. <laughs> Probably isn't that a uh, Canada thing? That that would have been a great segment, by the way. Uh, we can, we, we, we had to get become legally divorced as brothers so that we could become totally awesome best friends. Yeah, that would have been fucking awesome. They could have done so much with that. Um, all right, so legal and illegal mean the exact same thing in this match. Half the moves are botched. People are fucking standing there looking at each other. They're showing close-ups of people in the corner waiting with their eyes open going, is it my time yet? Is it my turn yet? Is it time for me to get up and do the spot yet? What's going on yet? Okay, I'll, 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 keep, I'll keep laying here and then closing their eyes again. Th this... I don't, I don't, everybody says like, oh, can't wait for the Young Bucks and FTR. I can wait. I could wait till the end of fucking time to see the Young Bucks have another wrestling match. Yeah, and the problem with the Young Bucks, one of the problems is they can't carry someone else. If someone else can move and sort of wrestle their, their style, you can get something that's choreographed in an interesting way if you haven't seen too many Young Bucks matches because there's really only two and a half of them. But I mean, my favorite part that made me think exactly of Chris Hams is when both Hardys had one of the Bucks in a pinning predicament and Rick Knox is counting instead of telling one of them to get out of the ring because the Hardys are too old and feeble and they can't get out and they're both confused as to who's the legal man. So instead he does a two count, almost a three. And really, it should have been a three until somebody barely kicks out and really didn't after a three count. They didn't. Because he can't vamp and say... Well, you, out. you're not the legal man. You can't both pin someone. I mean, you know, a face or a heel can try to pin two enemies to be on top, but you can't have two people trying to pin one person as on the bottom. It, it just does. It, it, this, this is where it drove me crazy. The only thing I'll say about this is that as bad as the Hardys were and as bad as they could be, they weren't as embarrassing as, as it could have been. Like, no one obviously got hurt. Uh, mm -hmm. Jeff didn't fall off of anything, at least not obviously. I'm not sure that any times he stumbled, it wasn't planned or it wasn't work stumbling. No, like he fell off the he fell off the corner, but it was done on purpose because he had taken a super kick to the ankle. Yeah, I mean Matt can't move. So I mean, there was a time where Matt was supposed to come into, you know, and because Matt can't move, there was a time where the Hardys got 
a, a close two count and one of the bucks had to come in to save it. But Matt was standing there the whole time. He just chose not to position himself on the side of the ring where Ugh. where the other buck would come in. Where okay, I, I have to there. I have to set that up. I have to set that up yeah. so that people can get like a, a visual in their head of exactly what happened there. So so um, they're doing the spot where all four guys are in the ring, right? Which first of all, if all four guys are in the ring and I'm the ref, I'm going no, I'm not counting. Get out. Right. And then I'll fucking count. Get the fuck out of the ring. And then I'll start counting. Right? But everybody's just standing around in the ring because that's the way that this fucking company does things. Matt Hardy's on one side of the ring and Nick Jackson is on the other side of the ring. Matt Jackson is laying on the ground. He takes a swanton bomb from Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy stands there and looks at them, counting along with the referee. One, two, while Nick Jackson runs over and pushes jeff hardy off of his brother saving the count like guys <sighs> it fucks up everything when you don't follow the rules especially in tag team wrestling okay because what makes what makes tag team wrestling special and what creates tension within tag team wrestling is when people are breaking the rules but they're breaking the rules within a time constraint, right? You are technically allowed to be the illegal man in the ring for five seconds, right? Which is why we used to see things like double team tag finishes, right? Why we used to see the heart attack or the, the doomsday device or, right? You could do that as long as you were in the ring and out of the ring within five seconds. You could make a save, in other words, right? If your partner was, was, was pinned, you could get in the ring. You could make a save within five seconds. Anything past that five-second mark is a disqualification. When you take that away from tag team wrestling, all it is is exactly what I've described Young Bucks matches in the past and exactly how I'll describe the fucking Lucha Brothers match later on tonight. Everyone is everywhere doing everything, and it means nothing. Nobody connects with this. And I can honestly say, Jeff, I really felt this. Like, I don't know. I, I wasn't there in Columbus. I can't speak for the crowd. But it really felt to me like all four of these guys were expecting more of a reaction from the crowd. And they just got crickets. It was like, who cares? Even the entrances were muted. I mean, because yep. I think that everybody feels the same way that, that I set it up. I think... Everyone is worried about what they're going to see from the Hardys, or they want to see one of them crash and, and, and hurt themselves. Either way, they're not that excited. They're not there to, to see a wrestling match. They're there to see just how bad it's going to be. Um, anyway, they got out of it alive. They had their, they, they shook hands, they, they hugged, and then we got to the, the normal thing where the challengers have to accept the challenge of the champions as opposed to chasing for the champions or the challengers make the challenge and the champions have to accept it. No, not, not, not an AW, the wrong, the, the, the wrong team always makes the wrong move at the right time. Yeah. 
honestly though like if you're the champion of the world and and the you know you you're you're doing the pre-match you know after you've just won and you've defended the title and joe rogan comes up to you and he says you know who do you want to face next and you're the world champion you say i'm on top of the fucking heap those guys can say who who's those guys can figure it out to figure out who's next to face me but i'm at the top of the pile i'm the king of this mountain that's right. I don't care who they who, who they put up in front of me. I'm just going to put them down. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So yeah. So here we are in the ring, the Bucks, and I don't even think they said anything audible. I think it's just commentary. They said, said all in. Oh, they said all in. Okay. And then the crowd chanted all in, and and commentary sort of let is FTR going to accept their challenge? And then we heard the FTR music. I mean, there, there were almost no words. They they just put up the titles and. And then instantly there was a graphic for the match at All In because we were we were informed we were informed <laughs> that AEW uh, uh, what owner or whatever Tony Khan has made it official for All In and then instantly there's a graphic yeah you wow. made it official all right it's almost like I haven't haven't seen it for the four or five business days prior yeah um, all right so next up I, I got it like again Aaron. Aaron, you may be very happy for the next little bit here. Because I'm going to take probably more time than I need to on this. I see a graphic, and there's some kind of a tournament to determine the members of a four-way women's title match mm -hmm. at All In. Right. It's for the women's championship, for the yep. AEW women's championship. That's the one. And and. One of these women got a buy into mm -hmm. the match. Obviously, I mean, obviously, the champion needs to be needs to get a buy into the fucking match for her own championship, right? She's the one who has to get the buy into the into the tournament thing because she's already got the belt. That's her belt. Like when she comes out later, she has the belt on her, so it's her belt, right? Like this isn't one of these situations where somebody stole a belt. She's actually the world champion, right? But the person who received a buy into the fucking match is Tony fucking Storm. Why? Fuckity why, Jeff? Actually, no, well, we're not going to do it this way, so we're going to do it that way. And because, you know, Sheeta having an entry entrance match, which was already booked, is actually super easy, barely an inconvenience. Now, I mean, what they did is is they had booked this Sheeta versus Anna J match before. Then someone came up with this cockamamie idea about a tournament and they just retrofit this match that was already announced into the tournament there's no reason why Sheeta shouldn't be the one with the bye in, in, into the finals she's already the champion I mean it would make more sense if they had more time for there to be for Sheeta not to be in the tournament at all she's already the champion that she or whoever is the champion at that time is one half of the match because it's for that title not for the person you want to give Tony Storm a buy? I'm not sure why. And I think they said she she invoked her rematch clause. My understanding is that AEW doesn't have rematch clauses. I um, just I just saw an article. I mean, just saw an article two days ago where Tony Khan was talking about how proud he is that they don't have rematches in AEW. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, first of all, that's fucking stupid. If you're running a combat sports, you know. If you're running anything within combat sports, do you know where you're going to make the most money? Rematches. Do you, do you, like, <laughs> you know how much bigger the Thrilla in Manila was than anything else Muhammad and, and Joe Frazier could have done at the time? 
you you have really really good points here but we're we're overlooking something even simpler a rematch is not a buy in a tournament a rematch clause is that you get to fight for your title against the, the person who beat you not that yeah. you get to call it a buy. it's a, it's it, a re match yeah. you lost the match and you get to have the same match but over again rematch re as in i get to do it again fuck right. this, me this this decision of tony storm in kayfabe is actually stupider than when charlotte won the money in the bank and she chose to face the nxt champion i mean at least there was a title there now it's just a chance to get into the semifinals to get into to get your rematch which may not even be a rematch because it might not be against cheetah it might be against someone else who might win the tournament uh, so, yeah, this makes no sense, made no sense. It's idiotic. But yet here we are, and tonight's main event will, in fact, be Sheeta against Anna Jay, which we already knew the match was happening before we knew the tournament was happening. This is not the first time that they've had matches announced before they announced they were part of a tournament in AEW. But that's that's really, we don't need to go down that road today. Just silly. Just silly, stupid fucking mistakes where you're like, uh, you don't have to be smart. You just have to be following the fucking product. Well, it's uh, not even mistakes. You can tell that people politic their way into this thing. You know, that he made this decision and Tony was off this week or whatever. And he's like, okay, we don't want to rush the matches. She can't wrestle twice in one week. So uh, this is what I'm going to do. Like, you know, in some drug-induced haze, he's like, oh, yeah, she'll enact a rematch clause. And that translates into a buy in this tournament. Yeah, trying to figure out Tony Khan's booking is like you know that you know that uh, that meme of that dude and he's got like all the different things on the wall and they're like connected mm -hmm. through tacks and he just looks like he's crazed and insane. That's trying to figure out what the fuck Tony Khan is thinking on a weekly basis. Right. right. If they don't know what you're talking to, whatever whoever you are, person, go into your into your messenger or whatever and where wherever you can find the GIF and type in the word conspiracy and it will be the first or second thing that you say. It's good. It's a good. It's a good gift. Um, you will recognize the actor from many movies, and you won't know his name. Yeah, that's exact. I wanted to say what his name was, and I don't remember his name. So I think he was um, in horrible bosses, wasn't he? Yeah, he's good. He's actually really funny. Um, Adam Cole and MJF uh, have their video of the week next. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, MJF was like, "Hey, you had me. You had me wear my shorts, so I'm guessing we're we're banging out some rats." And uh, Adam Cole's like, "No." No. No, look at my badly, oversized head. Do you know how badly Britt Baker would beat me up if I if I was out here banging rats on video? I um, you can say I really care for Britt this time. Yeah, that was that's great. That's oof, that's uh I really care for my nana who's in the senior center. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's rough. If your boyfriend can't say I love you, ooh, yeah, you're not you're not becoming a wife. Even to his bro Chacho. Oh, God. All right. So, no, of course, that's not what Adam Cole wanted to do. What would you imagine Adam Cole, like everything that you know about Adam Cole, what would you imagine he wanted to do on the weekend? Like for me, trampoline park is probably like one of the top five things I would just automatically imagine Adam Cole wants to do on the weekend. So that's what they go do. They go to a a trampoline pit. And um, Wrong kind of and, 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 and,
Um, no, we're not going to bang out some rats, but I did bring you some tramps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then it's the trampoline pit. Anyway, uh, Adam Cole is acting like a total fucking dork, jumping up and down, going, look at how I can jump. <laughs> Which is exactly how I imagine Adam Cole acts at a place like this. Yeah. Um, and then MJF goes and he assaults some children. Uh, so once again, uh, the PWC, the skirmish is brought to you by the sound of freedom. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That's not what I mean. Uh, he beats them up with the dodgeballs. And then Adam Cole comes over and he goes, oh, hey, you can't do that. You can't do that. And then this little girl comes up and she basically says, Adam Cole, you're a fucking dork for hanging out in a trampoline pit. And Adam Cole says, all right, one more, Max. You can hit one more. And then they mm-hmm. fade to black. This was funny. I like this stupid shit. I really wish the world championship wasn't involved here, but I like the fucking segment anyway. Yeah, no, this was fine. This was WrestleCrap, and this was WrestleCrap well done. It was funny. I'm told that it was taken off from the movie Dodgeball. Okay. I don't remember it. I think I only saw it once as opposed to the requisite 27 times that the average wrestling fan has seen it. But um, yeah, I thought it was funny. I I thought it was really funny how the little girl comes up to him and and she goes... What are two grown men doing by themselves at a trampoline park? You guys are dorks. And Adam Cole goes, little girl, that's not really a nice way to talk to people, which is exactly what his reaction would be. And and she, like, slow motion gives him the finger. Now, I thought MJF would have been like, yeah. <laughs> but instead, uh, you know, Adam Cole let him lay one more dodgeball, and the presumption is he had a headshot, so. That's right. Yeah, yep. but this was funny. This was this was good. Unfortunately, they followed this up by a live segment, um, but I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the the the. Yeah, that wasn't good. Um, anyway, there's a recap next from the parking lot brawl from two weeks ago on uh, Rampage. Rampage. Yeah. Um, and then the BCC are backstage and they're talking some kind of gravelly nonsense about their match later. I didn't pay any attention to this. Did anything get said that I missed, Jeff? Um, the BCC don't fear death. Death fears the BCC and something about Claudio saying, Pack, did you think that, that betraying the BCC would go unanswered? I told you it wouldn't. So I'm starting to think that maybe Pack isn't as injured as they're suggesting. Perhaps he's going to attack Cla- uh, Claudio at Wembley since he's one of their few actual British wrestlers that they seem to value, mm-hmm. uh, unlike Kip Sabian. Um, but uh, whatever, that, 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 that was it. This was, you know, it was a typical BCC segment. Chris and Jeff. Yeah, yes, Homeboy 888. You're, you're correct. It's Chris and Jeff. That's right. That that's I'm Chris. And 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 that's Jeff. Oh, I misspoke. Homeboy 88. I mean Away Girl 17. <laughs> Away Girl 17. That's good. Um alrighty. Uh so next up we have the FTW title defended on television with a company announcing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it- because it offended the honor of ECW, another company that doesn't exist. And if it did, it was owned by somebody else. Right. Okay. So Jungle Boy comes to the ring dressed in Jerry Lynn pants, which actually I thought that was an improvement. I thought yeah, yeah, it's yeah. better than his weird trunks. Um, yeah. Yeah. RVD gets a solid reaction from the crowd because RVD is RVD. He's, uh, he's like 50-something years old and he's still... Really fucking good at wrestling, Jeff. 
Yes, he, he is surprisingly good. For a guy who doesn't walk so well, uh, he, he can still dance pretty good. So, yeah, RVD did not embarrass himself at all. He, you know, I know he wrestled in Impact, and I know he still does the Indies, but, yeah. This when I recently saw him at the WWE um, Hall of Fame, I was a little bit worried just the way he was moving. But yeah, he he held up his end of the match. And listen, I don't like Jungle Boy. I'm never gonna like Jungle Boy. I don't like Jack Perry. I'm never gonna like Jack Perry, or I don't foresee it. I was not interested in this match. I'm still not interested in this match. But this was about as good as it could have been. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a decent little match between these two, and you know there was a couple of things that they did specifically that I wanted to call out as really good, smart professional wrestling. So first of all, um, you know one of the things that the crowd loves to do with Rob Van Dam, and what they definitely love to do in general in AEW is they like to chant. Right? They do Adam Cole, Bay Bay. Right? I'm better than you, and you know it. Right? They like to they like to do the the chanting thing. So when Rob Van Dam's getting introduced and he puts his fingers up to go rob van dam right which the crowd desperately wanted to do jungle boy went and attacked him before he could get introduced so uh smart heel tactic right there took something away from the crowd they wanted it you took it away you're an asshole we hate you right away right um so good move there um yeah the ref gets taken out. The two of them continue to do stuff. Nothing's terribly effective. The ref can't count after a five-star frog splash because he's out. So Aubrey comes out. She counts to two. Perry then lands a low blow and basically wins by cheating. But it's not cheating because it's FTW rules. Um, and that's the match. I I really like this. Like I said, I mean, we already kind of talked about it. Rob Van Dam looked like Rob Van Dam still. He's, he's in his 50s. And it still looked like a slightly chunkier version of Rob Van Dam having a wrestling match. Good on yeah. them. This was a this was a smart thing for them to do. I didn't even think he looked chunky. I just thought like he looked like you know when when you're old and you're muscular, like your your joints sort of pop out some, and you get like you're you're strangely skinny in some places. Like some places get atrophied, others don't. Your legs are a little bit skinnier, you know. And, and he's also got someone who's always had like a big head. But no, I think I think he, it was okay, and I think some, I, I think the use of the chair and jumping with chairs and kicking the chairs, Rob Van Dam still needs, still knows how to work that way, and Jungle Boy either does too or knew how to not get in the way and at least react properly. So yeah, this I I I, I can't caveat this not. I don't like Jack Perry. Never want to see him again. I'm all set with him. But as far as this match was concerned, it was fine. It was good. It was okay. Yep. No, I agree with you. Um, and yeah, I mean, hey, shout outs to RVD. And if he sticks around and has a couple more matches or does like a program with somebody, I'd be all for it. I just don't know great. where this is supposed to go. This whole thing with with d- d- disrespecting ECW and the whole thing with Jerry Lynn. I mean, you'd think that it would build towards Taz and then Hook re- re- claim, you know, defending his father and reclaiming his title. But like this was just a match, and yeah, he cheated to win. But so what? It's not like he stayed in there and beat the hell out of him. He ran out of dodge. So I, I don't know how they continue this story. <laughs> so, uh, but that's never really mattered before, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see where it goes. And I mean, again, I'm annoyed with the FTW Championship being defended on TV. Like having announcers say that it's being defended. Like. According to who, who has sanctioned this match, etc. Like I, I want, I want the details or don't do it because it doesn't make any sense. But 
will get off of RVD and Jungle Boy. Uh, Renee is backstage with the Lucha Brothers and Abrahentes. Blah, 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 Spanish. Blah, 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 Zero Miedo. Blah, 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 End of. Is that pretty much what we got here? Yeah, I mean, I just wish that they would stick to Spanish. First of all, Phoenix speaks English well enough. This guy, Abrahentes, I've never liked him from day one, and I like him less oh, each bad. day. He's, he's terrible. He adds absolutely nothing. So if, if he is actually like the their their interpreter and their travel agent and the and the person to make sure they get on planes and stuff at the right time, terrific. But if he's also the one who's supposed to make sure they get their visas renewed at the right time, he's doing a terrible job at the at probably his most important job. Um, and anyway, he's, he's not good. He doesn't deserve to be paid. But yeah, I mean, Phoenix and Penta don't exactly deliver good promos, mostly because Penta's been delivering the same three lines for, I don't know, seven years now. Like, he used to be great, and now he's just like a meme of himself. Uh, and by the way, we get two two guys wearing Joker face paint on the, on the same night, so that's awesome. Um, but yeah, it was basically nothing, nothing, nothing. You took out our brother Pac, even though Pac disappears for months at a time whenever he wants. And while he's gone, we go win and lose the Ring of Honor tag team titles without even mentioning him. And we haven't even made any noises about being interested in reclaiming our trios titles, which are AEW. But Pac is our brother. That's what the triangle means. The triangle means a brotherhood. No, it doesn't. Triangle's a fucking triangle. Um can mean whatever you want it to mean, which in this case is brotherhood. And you hurt our brother. Now we're going to hurt you. Okay, that uh, long-term storytelling, I suppose, even though they had amnesia that they had a brother and their brother constantly has amnesia that he has brothers. But okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, Cole and MJF are out next. Uh, MJF says he loves the Midwest. His favorite place in the U.S. is the Midwest. And if it, if it, if he's not telling the truth, may God strike him dead. And then he kind of cringes like God's going to fucking strike him dead because clearly he doesn't love the Midwest. Right. Um, but then nothing happens. So he's very happy. And so is Adam Cole. That was kind of funny. Um, and then... MJF thought that Adam Cole was out here to do a promo battle, so he just buries Cole about having stick arms and fucking being dumb and flippy and obnoxious, and it's really awesome for about 25 seconds. And a cuck. And then Adam's like, hey, no, 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 no. That's not what we're here for. And I was like, aw. Just let the man go. Right. And that's when the good parts of this segment ended. That is... That is exactly the end of it. Uh, Cole says that, uh, that, that uh, you know, he knows they've got the world championship match at all in and, you know, but, uh, but, but, you know, he loves the tag team and, and I think the people love the tag team. And so they need to go get some tag team gold around their waist. And I thought, Oh, okay. They want a rematch. That's fine. Or, or maybe, Hey, maybe the bucks win and then we can see adam cole and mjf versus the bucks you know maybe that might be an interesting fresh new matchup but that's that's not what he's talking about he says that uh um well he wants the ring of honor tag team championships because uh, yep. the, they mean just as much as the aew tag team championships wink i don't think they do jeff <laughs> I don't think they do either. And the reaction of the crowd tells me that those 3,900 people allegedly in that 15,000 seat building didn't agree either. And MJF certainly shouldn't agree. No, no, he certainly shouldn't. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give Todd Brantley his moment in the sun here because he's, uh, he is the comment King. Uh, Is, 
His abrahente is the modern-day Bobby Heenan for luchadors because he seemingly manages every Mexican wrestler on the AEW roster. He follows this up, thank God. I mean, abrahente is managing everyone on the roster like Heenan did. I would never compare a Jay Brown like Abrahantes to the GOAT. Thank you for the clarification, Todd. Yes, it does seem that way. Everyone can't speak English. Let's just put let's just put Abrahantes with him. Is he a heel or a, or a face? Who fucking cares? He's the translator. Yeah, I mean, except we don't see him consistently enough with the other people to, and nor do we see them interacting to know who's the stable. I mean, I've seen him with Commander, I've seen him with Bandito, and since those guys are often with other people as well, we're not sure who he's with. But I mean, Jose the assistant is with Roosh when Roosh was around, and Drillistico when Drillistico was around, but he's not with Andrade because Andrade's on the bad show or the good show or the, well, the naughty boy show, the, the, the Santa Con's naughty list show. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, I knew what you meant, but I, I still don't think it's consistent enough because we, when we saw Heenan, he made a big deal behind the Heenan family. And there were times when you'd see him with like seven people all doing promos. Yeah, and, it, and they were consistent with it. That's that's something that WWE has, you know, has over AEW. They might be consistently boring, but at least they're consistent. It's closer to when Paul Ellery managed the entire Legion of Doom, and that included the One Man Gang, Jake the Snake Roberts, King Kong Bundy, the Road Warriors, and some others. But you never saw them together. Like there was one vignette where they all did where they all did the promo together, and that was the last time you ever saw all of them together. And and then slowly but surely they all went to all different promotions in different territories. But Paul always stayed with the the Road Warriors until for whatever reason. Uh, Vince McMahon or something. I think actually someone at WCW at some point said, yeah, no, we don't need you. They can talk well enough. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so let's get back to this nonsense oh, yeah. in the ring. Adam Cole is, is he's just very, he really, really wants the ROH titles. They really, they mean a lot to him, Jeff. Mm-hmm. They mean He's the only person in the world who Ring of Honor tag team championships mean anything to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to happen at a thing called Zero Hour. So I guess that's like before the pay-per-view. They're, so he's gonna they're gonna wrestle for the ROH Tag Team Championships early in the night, and then they're gonna wrestle in the main event for the world title. Um, I don't know. That's stupid. I, it's extremely stupid. And you know, spoiler: MJF agreed to this, and this is at least the third time where. Smart, smart heel MJF has been stupid, 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 stupid heel MJF. And the the only thing that I could say about this is that if this is his plan to turn out Adam Cole at the pre-show, but somehow make it look like someone else did it, that could make sense. But they even dilute that by we we hear crying in the background, basically, and it's Roderick Strong trying to emote, which is actually worse than him not trying to emote. Um, and he still has the stupid neck brace on his on his neck, obviously. And he comes out basically saying, "Adam, how how can you, Adam, Adam, Adam?" It was like Seth Adam. Rollins. He said it four Adam. times on his way out. Shut the fuck up, Roddy. 
Jesus. He sounded like a baby. Like he wanted to be fed. I want chicken nuggets, no dinosaur, no stars. Oh, and God. He's like, how could you go after the Ring of Honor titles with him, not me? I'm your actual best friend. Not I'm the one that you came up with in Ring of Honor. And he says, the kingdom were right. You only care about yourself. And, of course, the kingdom were right there, and they... Hug him. I mean, th this was such bad community theater. It was like it was like community theater for four year olds. Yeah, and MJF, you know, with the line of the segment, said that he should do what all bland white people do and shake it off, you bland bitch. Um, MJF is white, is he not? I I am confused about this still. He looks pretty white, but I guess he's not a I guess he's not a bland generic white person. Okay, okay. This was gay. And I mean it was it it had like homosexual undertones to it. Like the 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 whole thing with Roddy being like super jealous that that Adam has another friend and they're in their thirties. It's like, listen, when you're like ten, you can have this conversation and it's not mm -hmm. like it's not the weirdest thing in the world. But when you're in your thirties, like you can't still be mad because your friend has another friend. Right. Like the first couple of seasons, the Stranger Kids guys, yes. The last season of Stranger Kids guys, no. no. But 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 actually, this was this was MJF's prize line because he said, he said, Roddy, your ex girl, your crazy ex girlfriend vibes is, is something. He said something about your crazy ex girlfriend vibes. That was great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Cole gets in Max's face for the comments. He shoves him a little bit, and then they then they hug it out before the before the segment ends. And right. uh, oh, well, they both have very serious, angry looks on their faces at that point. Th this really should have just ended after MJF smoked a kid with the in the face with a fucking dodgeball. <laughs> it, it really, really should have. And so now we know how they're not going to win the Ring of Honor gold and 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 now we have a potential injury or they'll probably fake it by you know mjf chasing away all three bad guys and making us think that mjf is a super face even though he's still a super heel right right so there's a collision recap again uh apparently aew has been taking notes watching wwe programming <laughs> lots of recaps um moxley and claudio are out next versus the lucha brothers here are my notes. Well, it's a Lucha Brothers match. Same old spots, same old nonsense. Ref is just here to count three. Zero Miedo. Mox is bleeding already. Zero Miedo. Mm -hmm. Double DDT. Zero Miedo. Who cares who's legal? Zero Miedo. Uh, belt shot from Jimmy Utah. Gets a two count. Zero Miedo. Claudio stumbles trying to lift Phoenix. Zero Miedo. Everybody is everywhere doing everything and no one bothers leaving the ring. Is this wrestling? What the fuck is this? Zero Miedo. Spike pile driver, but Penta forgot to drop. That was kind of funny. Um... Missed the finish here, but basically Claudio stole the mask of Penta. Uh, there was too much going on at the finish, so we didn't see Claudio steal the mask until we saw a replay of it, in spite of the fact that that was what was going on in the ring, and the two people that were legal were actually the not two people who the TV was focused on. Oh, also, Zero Miedo. Yeah. Um, it's nice that they're watching Collision now, but they just did a bad guy stole a good guy's mask angle on collision. The, yeah. the, this is dumb. Um, and my notes could have been the same as yours, except instead of starting with Lucha Brothers, I could have started with the BCC because it's basically the same thing. They both do the yeah. same thing every time. 
Um, yeah, this, this wasn't a good match. And my understanding of the challenge was that the Lucha Brothers against the BCC would be another street fight or a parking lot match. It wasn't just a regular match, so I was confused. Uh, and I'm not saying I was upset that it was a regular match because, you know, I'm, I'm sort of all set with these parking lot matches. Um, but it was just a typical kind of miscommunication, not AEW not being clear, because if you're challenging the winner of a parking lot match for no particular reason other than you want to get revenge, you think that the venue is another parking lot match. Or right. So yeah. this is why generally in wrestling, you start off with a regular match and then you progress to the point where you get to the match where, okay, we have a regular match, but whatever reason we can't solve our problems in a regular match. So then we're going to go to the next level. We're going to have a, a no, a no disqualification match, but then there's more fuckery and we still can't figure it out. And then we're going to have a fight in the, in the, in the back. And then we're going to have the parking lot brawl to, to, to finish off, to cap everything. We're going to have that match instead of starting there and then finishing with a regular match in the ring. Exactly. Right. And this is another, Jeff's not really complaining, just noticing things, but this is the second week in a row of television, which means at least the third week that we haven't seen Wheeler Yuta actually wrestle with limited physical activity. I'm kind of thinking there might be a, a like a secret minor injury that, that they're sort of nursing and hoping will heal and then only keeping him in limited act, you know, limited action, sort of like what WWE is doing with Bailey. Right. No, it makes sense. That would that would make sense for Jimmy Utah, but as we all know, he has trouble showing up when he's supposed to. So it's true. Jimmy, 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 stop being late to things. Kenny Omega uh, is going to have a sit down interview with Jr. next week. And then the big fat dude backstage was like, was like, can you tell me anything, Kenny? Can you, could, could you, what about me? Could I get a scoop? Um, why does Kenny look like such a fucking dork when he's doing his just himself stuff? Like he he can't he come across as like that's really what Kenny Omega's like, and he is a gigantic fucking dork. Am I wrong? No, you're correct, and I think it's because he is. But why does why did he come off as so downtrodden? Did they not win their feud against the BCC? Should, didn't his best friend Kota Ibushi just come and join AEW? I mean, should, shouldn't he be on top of the world? And did he not tease and blow the results of next week when he said, I'm going to have a meeting next week with Jim Ross about Don Callis and Takeshita? Uh, but I can't tell you. Thanks thanks for your time. I mean, so, yeah, I, great, great job, Kenny. Now, the rumor is that for all in, they're going to do Kenny, Hangman Page, and Kota Ibushi against Takeshita. And I can't even remember, but two other guys in a six-man tag team match. Um, and then Takeshita versus Kenny will be for All Out the next week, which I guess sort of ruins who's winning the match at All In, or at least you know there's going to be a Kenny beatdown, because otherwise there hasn't really been enough one-on-one Takeshita Omega for it to merit pay-per-view matches yet. I mean, it's been implied he's with your former best friend and he's on the bad guy side, but most of Kenny's heat has been with has been with Moxley. Takeshita's sort of been a background player. And then the yep. story was sort of, you know, Pac, you know, Brian getting hurt and then Pac coming and then then Pac leaving them. 
So yep. no one really remembered about Takeshita. And you couldn't build heat, by the way, by having the elite lose that match because I mean that was the blood and guts match. You can't you can't have them lose that. They have to they have to win all the time when something's when when it's the end of something. They have to win all of their all of their feuds and all of their major angles. They have to they have to come out on top because it's all elite wrestling. How could the elite you know not get the upper hand in the end of something? Even though it would make way more fucking sense, and you could do better business if. The elite were getting fucked over by somebody like Takeshita instead of just, oh, I don't like Takeshita, and so I'm going to fight Takeshita. Yeah, I, I have to believe that somewhere in this Pax in, injury played in, into this. because I think he's supposed to be a bad guy. I think that Don Callis, Takeshita, and Pac were supposed to beat up Kenny Omega a few times between now, before, now, and then, and it, it hasn't been able to happen. And so they decide to pretend that, that Pac was still a good guy and the death triangle was still a thing. And that that's just my best guess on trying to explain Adderall cocaine combinations. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up here, I'm going to, I'm going to give a little peel back. I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit for the audience, right? For everybody gotcha. listening. So, so guys, when I take my notes on this show, like I, I insist if I'm, if I'm hosting, I take my own notes, right? I don't, I don't get my notes from another, from another company. I don't go online. I don't, I don't like a lot of guys will do that. Who do, who do podcasting, right? They'll take notes from, you know, I don't know somebody else. And they'll basically like take notes from the recap of the show by somebody, by some other website. And they'll sort of recap it in their own words or whatever. I take my own notes for the show. So sometimes I wind up writing notes to start a segment and then the notes look really fucking stupid by the end of it. And this is a good example of that, of that happening in this next segment. Okay. So just, just letting you guys know that's, that's what's going on here. Okay. So mogul embassy come out next. So swerve can tell us some stuff. Prince Nana first takes the microphone and he says, you shut up. And also everyone shut up. Um, <laughs> But I, but my notes, my notes say this group looks really solid when they're all together. Can they do this consistently? They actually look threatening in the ring. So, just so you understand, that was before the end of this segment. So don't fucking crucify me for that thought. Um, Fox calls out Darby Allen, and it's too much like a melodrama to me. It's uh, uh tell them the truth, Fox. Tell them the truth. I called you and, and asked you to come work for AEW, but you didn't want to do it because I called for you and you wanted to make it on your own. So you're mad because I put in a word like I don't care, man. Darby Allen needs to shut the fuck up and be spooky. I don't like this is not this was so fucking melodramatic. And then it the whole thing is just the whole angle is just a completely unearned mess. You know, if you would have shown us over the last year that A.R. Fox has his job because of Darby Allen, if you would have played this out over the course of a, a month or two where, you know, as we know, you know, A.R. Fox and Darby Allen are good friends and they, you know, A.R. Fox helped to train Darby Allen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You could have earned this, but they're just trying to make an angle out of something that just feels completely unearned jeff like right. entirely unearned they just jumped to uh so and so is is bad at so and so because of the thing that happened in the background that you didn't know about but that really happened trust us it happened 
Like right. And we brought you into the company seven months ago and you even teamed with Darby. So it's, it's, it's not like we've been, you know, he came in angry at Darby. If he came in angry at Darby and that was the starting angle, that would have been something. But I'm sorry, the only thing I think about now when I see AR Fox, and I probably thought some version of it before, but I could have overlooked it. But all I can think about now is MJF's rebuttal test to the Santa Lofisto in defense of the AEW locker room and basically put a test as to why someone is not successful and ar fox fits that definition to a t as do many of the people on aew television so your own champion has is so tone deaf that he thinks he's helping the company but he's he's basically buried ar fox orange cassidy luchasaurus eddie kingston among many many others who never made the big time or only for a fleeting second yep Exactly. Um, but you know what's you know what you know what happens next? You know what happens next? Who is it, Jeff? It's Sting Yay, sixty-five year old Sting is out and he beats up everybody with a bat. So never mind what I said about this team looking threatening. Well, uh, Joker makeup and the, the the lights are out for a very long time because he's an old man, takes him a long time to get there. <laughs> But when the lights come back on, he only took out Bishop Kong in the knee. So he had to do all his other lame baseball shots to the other five people in the ring who, of course, were unable to do anything. I mean, Swerve's unable to turn around. Swerve and the AR Fox are still busy glued looking at Darby Allen, even though the lights are off. And so why should they be looking around and be in a defensive position? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, Oh, because it's Swerve's house. That's why. Who's where's that? Who whose house is it? Swerve's it stings. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you, you got some. You got some uh, vermin in your rafters. Uh, anyway, yeah. Plugs from Excalibur take what feel like an hour. Uh, zero miedo. Uh, and then it's the time for the main event time. It's it's Anna J and Hikaru Shida. Um, I. Don't I okay? Um, Anna clearly acting in the corner. She goes to the corner. She takes nine punches. Completely nose sells the nine punches because, well, you know, it's the it's really the tenth one that adds the actual nine punches. Don't mean anything. It's it's number ten. Otherwise, otherwise, didn't the other the other nine didn't hurt? Um, it's just exactly what I've come to expect from the AEW women's division. Uh, Anna's shorts are legendary, though. Shout outs to Anna's shorts. Those are those are fantastic, wonderful gear. I know uh, Media M Five is 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 in the house uh, listening, and I know that he's he's really into gear, really into wrestling gear. Um, yeah, Anna's shorts. Good in stuff. fairness to Anna, she was fighting two battles. She was battling both Akarashita and constant the constant wardrobe malfunction that was about to happen with her top um which she was needs to stop fighting that one just let it that's happen right. she, so she was a double heel but her but her top was a face by constantly trying to malfunction <laughs> okay the the end comes here she locks in the choke but she lets go way too quickly um like way too quickly the, the if you're a heel and you have your fin you have your finisher is a is a is a submission and then the the face gets to the ropes you hold on for four fucking seconds. You even scream at the referee at the end of four seconds and be like, I know I get five seconds. I know, I know, right? You want to do that 
instead of just letting go as soon as the face hits the, the ropes, because that doesn't make you look like a heel, and your job is to look like an asshole. I'm pretty sure, I'm not like entirely sure, I guess, but I'm pretty sure Angelo Parker was supposed to get Anna's hand on the rope uh, after Sheeta hit her with the kick thing, but instead he just kind of leaned in the ring and gently molested Anna Jay's arm while she was getting pinned. It was a little weird, Jeff. Yeah, I think that he, I mean, I think that he knew he wasn't, but his instinct was, I'm a heel, I'm here, I'm supposed to be doing this. This is weird, because they just broke up from the JS in the beginning, but they're still together, and that means nothing, because she still loses, because they already booked this stupid match, you know, to be part of the tournament, Uh, and it it couldn't be they go their own way, because they're paid to be on TV two segments, and so they're on TV for two segments, but this match was terrible. I mean, it was a botch fest. It was slow. It was uncoordinated. And listen, since the beginning of AEW, the women's division has been subpar and they've added people, but along the way, but the, the only one that could wrestle from day one was Hikaru Shida. And I thought that she could carry other people. People can tell me the the Rio can wrestle, but she's too small to to carry anyone else or to be convincing, but mostly she can't help anyone else. She can't protect anyone. She's too small for that. Um, so forget about her running, maybe in Luchador, I don't know. But Hikaru Shida, but I thought that she could carry other people. She was she was like the vet, but she she couldn't carry Anna Jay, or Anna Jay thinks that she's better than she is, or both. But this was just a sloppy, sloppy, terrible match. Um, and I saw two uh, two days earlier, because I didn't watch Dynamite Live, I watched it the next day on DVR, I saw rookie Kalani Jordan versus Blair Davenport on NXT, and that was a better match. And Kalani Jordan is a true blue rookie. I mean, this is like her second match out of the PC uh, on NXT TV in front of people. Um, and she has no business having a match better than the main event on Dynamite. Um, I don't I don't know what to say, but when your NXT true blue, like not like beginning of rookie season is is better than you know, and you can say that Blair Davenport is a veteran. She is. B. Priestley is a veteran. So is Akara Shida. Um, and Anna Jay is more of a veteran. So th- this was abysmal. And in your main event, I cannot see. I mean, this will be the, the worst rated quarter of the show for sure. And if you stuck around watching that whole show just to say, I'll give it a chance. Or I want to support women's wrestling because of all the hubbub. And you're like, fuck this shit. I ain't watching this anymore. I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good comment here from Todd Brantley. Um, you know building off of what Jeff is saying about the women's division, and they constantly disrespect vets that could improve the division. Right, Lufisto? Uh, Yeah, I mean, and it's not just Lufisto. If Lufisto came out with this shit and she was the first person to say some shit like this, I'd be like, okay, sour grapes. (laughs) Like, you know, hey, listen, people get sour, and even good people sometimes have sour grape moments. I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world, right? But no, 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 no. We've heard consistently since AEW began that this women's division is overly catty and overly clickish. So yeah, like I believe that shit. And there's been a number of women who, who have come through the roster and now they're wrestling for ring of honor or they're wrestling for somebody else, or we're not going to use them on AEW because uh, apparently they don't get along with everybody. Right. I'm looking at Serena Deeb. I'm looking at whoever that Russian girl was. It was super short. Um, Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch. Um, 
Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez. They've had women on this roster who are good workers, who could actually help teach these kids. But it seems like Britt Baker doesn't want them there, so they're not there. And that is increasingly what it seems like is happening with the AEW women's division. And Britt Baker may have a lot of the tools to become a really great professional wrestler. She's got charisma. She really does. She can cut a promo. She really can. She's got a good look. She's got that. Okay. But she's not a great in-ring worker. And she does seem to be the kind of person who just says, no, I don't want to work with that person. So I'm not gonna, a la Shawn Michaels in the late 90s, you know, mid 90s, I guess. Yeah, um, so Michaels really was one of the best in the world. Britt just thinks yeah. he is. And, and Britt's yeah. actually gone backwards. Like, like she was mid to begin. She was sub mid to begin with. She got herself yeah. to mid. She got herself to good enough with all the other tools. Could be a superstar in wrestling. You don't have to be a great wrestler. CJ Cargill. Yes. Um, but she's actually gotten worse. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and significantly. And I mean, in the last few matches that I've watched of hers, I've just been shaking my head going, what the fuck is going on here? That match that she had like last week with uh, Taya Valkyrie was embarrassing. I mean, literally watching that, I was embarrassed. I was thinking, like, are they really this bad? This th- That match didn't belong on television, Jeff. Never mind main eventing anything. It didn't belong on television. Um, likewise with this one tonight, the main event. And, you know... They showed that fucking sign in the stands uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, book the women's division better. And I think that Tony Khan thinks more time and putting them in the main event is the same thing as booking better. And it isn't. That's not what they mean. What they mean by book the division better is give us a reason why we should care about these people. Yeah, there was only one group that had a story. It was the outcasts, and we don't like other people. That, that was the extent of the story. And we're going to spray paint them occasionally or try other times. Right. That's, so the that, only that, people with any consistency are the people we're supposed to be booing. Right. And then they and then they built Willow and Sky Blue out of it, but then they forgot about them. And so Willow in her last match loses again. Uh, Sky or Sky Blue in her last match loses again. And Willow seems like she's probably going to be relegated to either Ring of Honor or Ring of Honor and Collision, which is fine. It seems like, you know, uh, you know, uh, when Statlander loses her belt, which is going to be sooner rather than later, because everybody's wrong about her because um, she stinks. Um you know, Willow is good. So, her, you know, her is the WTBS champion as well. Fine. But they've already had the problem of which is really the women's championship. I mean, for better or for worse, when Tony Khan said the TNT title is co-equal to the AW World's Championship, no one believed it. And then when you created the international champion, the way you've treated the TNT title, no one believes it at all. So, nope. but the WTB, the, the TBS and the AW women's title, right? It's hard to tell which is the the secondary belt and which is the top belt. Um, And I'm not really sure that anyone actually cares except for maybe Tony Storm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Tony Storm gives a shit. Um, I certainly don't. Uh, But Tony Storm is by miles the best person they have on that roster. So just let her give some good performances. Like, you know, put her in the ring against other people who can really work and then let us let us watch that a few times. 
But uh, no, we're just going to keep putting all of the people who can work with people who absolutely can't work. And also, we're going to keep doing whatever Britt Baker says because Britt Baker. I think there might be something to this whole cuck thing. I think, I think, you know, I think that maybe Tony Khan is getting laid. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. I don't either. All right. Well, I do want to thank um, Todd Brantley, who uh, went out and he asked ChatGTP a question. Um, <laughs> ChatGTP, of course, is like the, the artificial intelligence Googler thing uh, that people are using quite a bit now. And he asked, what could AEW do to improve? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to quote the answer here. So this is according to Jet. Chat GPT. All Elite Wrestling could consider improving its product by focusing on consistent storytelling, which is literally. Sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm close quote for a second. That's literally the thing I've been yelling about for three and a half years. <laughs> okay, it's the first thing that the fucking AI robot knows to do is be consistent, you dumb motherfucker. Okay, continuing the quote. Developing well-defined characters and showcasing a diverse range of, of wrestling styles. Engaging storylines. Clear character motivations and exciting in-ring action can help attract and retain a larger audience. Additionally, listening to fan feedback and adapting to changing trends within the wrestling industry can contribute to the overall growth and success of the company. So, ChatGPT continues to just give the most basic and, like, you know cookie cutter legalese answers that I've ever seen in my life for the most part. And yet at least the first fucking sentence there is absolutely correct. All elite wrestling could consider improving its product by focusing on consistent storytelling, developing well-defined characters and showcasing a diverse range of wrestling styles. If they could just do that, they would have a really good product on their hands. And that's why Saturday is kicking Wednesday night's ass in terms of the quality of the show. I realized that they had less than a half a million people watch Saturday because SummerSlam was going on at the same time this week. But still, man, like if chat G if, if chat GPT knows how to improve your fucking show better than you do, there's some real problems. No, yeah, I mean, yes, there are, obviously. And, I, you know, I, listen, I, I don't know what ChatGPT thinks. Look, oh, look at that. There he is. I mean, it, talk about ChatGPT, artificial intelligence lurking in the internet. But there it is, right there. It's Jimmy it's T. Jimmy, Jimmy Utah. Um, Jimmy, uh, we, we did have a question earlier, actually. Jeff wasn't sure um, if you haven't been in the ring lately because you're injured. Um, also, that belt shot on on Pentagon this week looked weak as looked weak as fuck. Uh, yeah, anyway, and I thought the camera so. made you look like you were ten pounds heavier. It, it makes you look like you're fifty pounds lighter. What's up with that? <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right. Um, I think it sounds to take God this burying Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy fucked off now. He's like he's like he's like I'm leaving now. Um, all right. Uh, Let's do letter grades, I guess. Um, I'll start off. I'm going to give this a D plus. Um, Rob Van Dam was on the show. That match was actually pretty good. Um, I did like the video with MJF and Adam Cole. That was pretty quality. Um, 
And then there was two hours and 35 minutes of the rest. Or then there was an hour and 35 minutes of the rest of this shit, which was all garbage. So, yeah, it's going to get a barely passing grade, basically because there was two decent things on this show. But uh, do not go out of your way to rewatch this one. Uh, Jeff, what did you think? Mm, I think I'm right there in between a D plus and a C minus. I guess to be the happy one, I'll give it a C minus just because I didn't hate it. Yeah. Keep in mind, I didn't le- watch it in real time. I didn't watch it live. I didn't watch it within the two-hour frame. I watched it at my leisure with lots of pausing. Mm, yeah, for sure. Uh, Todd Brantley says, the only reason to watch AEW right now is Collision. And you are pretty much right, sir. Um, hey, speaking of Collision, did you guys know that on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock uh, Central Standard Time, uh, on the on the HMG, the Hamming Media Group, and ChannelAttitude.com, uh, we actually have a show um, where after the collision, we sift through the wreckage. The wreckage. Uh, so please join us there uh, Sundays at 10. Um, but yeah, it's a crap show. Um, crap, crap, crap show. Oh, uh, Todd Brandley also wanted to give his rating. So thank you, Todd. C plus, and that's, or C minus, and that's only for Anna J's outfit. Yeah, that's... yeah, and it's and it's you know helping grav prove gravity is correct. That's true. Yes, continuing to to prove gravity right in just the most wonderful ways possible. Um, thank you to Anna J's gear uh, mm-hmm. this week. But uh, that's going to do it for the show, Jeff. Where can the people find you? Well, when we are not being mysterious, you can find me on the PWC. Uh, Two to three times a week, week, you can find me on the HMG, Uncaged, Smack Attack, and as Christopher just told you about, Wreckage. Um, I did a Hammerlock Hangover. I recorded it Monday night, so Steve is heroically putting it up today. Um, so that's wonderful. You can find that on the PWC and the Wrestling Soup Network or wherever the podcast is. Garden of Doom is a more esoteric, occult, paranormal, that sort of thing. Garden Views is more legal, uh, tech, uh, science, business-related, that sort of thing. And they're all right here on the PwC, and they're all right here on the HMG. So you can check out those shows as well, and I hope that you do. Uh, Twitter, IcarusVelMD. Cool, cool. Well, you can find me right here on the PwC Network for all manner of shows. Uh, mostly the skirmish because I'm the one who makes sure that show gets fucking done. Uh, um, you can also find me on HMG and channelattitude.com for uh, Smack Attack, uh, which we do uh, tomorrow in the mornings. So that's fun. That's good. Um, and you can also find me on Uncaged, uh, Rampage Uncaged. We, we do over there. And like I just said, Sundays, 10 o'clock, Central Standard Time. After the collision, we sift through the wreckage. You can find me on Twitter, at ChrisAms1. You can go there to listen to everything that I have to say about pro wrestling, politics, and whatever the hell else comes to my mind. And uh, other than that, you can find me out on the lake, fishing, or whatever the fuck else I feel like doing. I've been Chris Sams. That's been Jeff Lippman. You've been a wonderful wonderful audience. We love you guys. Really, seriously, love you guys. Thank you so much for all the comments tonight. Uh, You guys were... We're a huge part of the show. You're always a big part of the show, and we're happy to have you. So thank you very much. Good night. Olay. Bye-bye. Peace out. Save my friends.